Welcome to Tell Us About It, Victim Research Convos, a podcast from the Center for Victim Research with support from the Office for Victims of Crime. On each episode of Tell Us About It, we'll talk to researchers and practitioners about their work, the tools being built for use in the field, and how we can work together to build an evidence base for victim services. I'm Susan Howley, and on today's episode, we're talking with two of the brilliant minds behind the CVR's research syntheses to learn more about their process and goals. Welcome, and please tell our listeners your name and your role in the CVR. Thank you so much, Susan. Um, I'm, my name is Jennifer Yoner. I'm the Associate Director for the Center for Victim Research, um, and I am a, a Principal Researcher at the Urban Institute. And I'm Marina Duane. I'm a Research Associate at the Urban Institute. I lead, lead a number of tasks on Center for Victim Research, one of them being technical assistance when I work with providers to help them with research, and another task is helping with research synthesis that we are here to talk about today. Jennifer and Marina, Thank you so much for joining us. So the CVR staff at Urban are working hard on a number of research syntheses on victimization topics. Jennifer, what is your overarching goal for these? Well, we really see these research syntheses as a way of helping people who are working in the victim services field to reach a common understanding of what we know from both the practice side of things and also from the research side, um, and what we know about the extent of victimization experiences, some of the risks and the protective factors against experiencing different victimization types, um, and what we know seems to be working to help victims. So this is really a, a way of synthesizing synthesizing the knowledge that we've gained from service provision um, and from studies of that service provision. And so we knew from our previous work on the Bridging the Gap project um, that there really was no central location where all of this research knowledge was gathered for all the different victim services types. Um, Some of CVR's partners, um, like the National Children's Advocacy Center, the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, they've been doing a lot of good synthesizing of knowledge on child abuse, sexual assault, and intimate partner violence, but we're trying to sort of fill those gaps um, for other victimization types. And so we focused uh, our syntheses, at least in the beginning, on uh, lesser topics that there's been less attention paid to, such as uh, fraud and identity theft, co-victims of homicide, elder abuse, um, and we're also looking at mass violence and terrorism events and the response to them. Now, Marina, Jennifer described a model that integrates knowledge from both research and experiential evidence or practice evidence, as well as contextual evidence. What led you all to use that approach, trying to look at these different forms of evidence and including context? That's right, Susan. We've inc- we decided to go with the Center for Disease Control and Prevention model because it really expands our typical understanding of what evidence is. If you think about it, most people, when they hear evidence, they think about research articles, uh, something very structured, following the rigorous uh, analysis. But what CDC model um, prompts us to do is to expand our understanding of evidence and think, like you said, Susan, of experiential evidence and contextual evidence. And what they mean by that is really practitioners' experience matter. The community and the context in which these programs exist also matter. And all of that really needs to be captured in. But for someone like me, a researcher, it's actually can be quite difficult to figure out a way to systematically collect 
that information. We still decided that this very much aligns with uh, the mission for Center for Victim Research, where we are trying to bridge the gap between research and practice. And so we decided that although it might take us more time, we really need to focus on practice evidence. And so we reviewed a lot of sources that we uh, identify as practice. Jennifer, anything to add? The way that we went about um, identifying what practice evidence to include was to start with who the major players were um, in each type of victimization experience, um, as well as obviously looking at what information OVC was linking to on its website, National Center for Victims of Crime, um, and then for specific topics, what national organizations were already, you know, synthesizing a lot of good practice work on their websites. Um, and then really we, we went through each of those organizational websites and tried to identify the key practice materials that were being disseminated and used by service providers. Um, And then we reviewed those materials to try and synthesize uh, the knowledge that each was conveying. And the interesting aspect of that, actually, Jennifer, is that we've applied a similar rigorous approach that we typically apply for research uh, sources to this practice evidence, meaning that we look at each source and we ask a similar set of questions on what are the weaknesses, what are the strengths, uh, what are the participants' experiences like. Uh, And so that really gives us this rich contextual information on what types of programs exist in the field, what's happening in the field, how practitioners and people with Lived experience uh, go through the uh, through these programs. We defined a set of criteria for the practice evidence that really helped us look at pieces um, systematically and try and understand if they were representative of a consensus of. Um, information from different service providers in the field um, or as somebody who has lived experience um, we've noted that down also things that take place in a community setting or correctional setting so we looked at the setting where the program is so there were a certain number of criteria that we wanted to make sure we follow and then track and reflect as a result in our report that's right we wanted to make sure we would look at each practice piece um, Um, and try and understand where the information came from. Um, So what was the source of the information that they were conveying, and was it reflective of... um you know, multiple diverse opinions from different practitioners or different individuals with lived victimization experiences. So how is that similar to the process you used when you were evaluating research? Well, when we're looking at research pieces, we're similarly trying to to assess whether information was gathered systematically um, and whether it is reflective of the population about which they're trying to make conclusions. Another similar way where, where we are applying the method as, that is similar to research is that we document our methodology. We document what we reviewed, how we uh, went through it, what kind of questions we asked. That's not something that is typically done with quote unquote practice evidence. That's right. So when you're going through all of this review, how many folks are on the team um, for each of these research syntheses? Is it just one or two people, which makes it somewhat easy to remember what you looked at, or are you involving other other folks? Well, for each topic, we've got two people, one person leading the research side of things as an, a lead author, um, and then one person leading the, the search for practice evidence, and we'll be summarizing that as another lead author. But each team of two is assisted by as many as 
six other researchers um, that are part of CVR. And so um, it's really been collaborative experience, but and it was necessary for it as well because there's a lot of good information out there in the field. So we've got a lot of team members working to sift through and identify what's out there. We meet weekly to mm -hmm. discuss what everybody on the team has found. Yeah, let me add uh, to that. So um, maybe an example could help. Uh, I recently led a team uh, with my colleague on looking at the those who lo uh, lost a loved one to a homicide. Uh, this is a topic that is quite under-researched and also not that many wraparound services exist. So the challenge with that effort was that we needed to really go out and look for information, especially on the practice side, because in research we had a set number of articles. So what happened there, kind of like Jennifer uh, describes, is my colleague led the research uh, side of it and I led the practice, which meant that I was the person who always looked through organizations, did quality assurance, like spot checking, uh, how are we looking at the sources, making sure that there is consistency. And then I had help from other researchers who coded the information, meaning they asked a set number of questions about each source and then um, they answered that. Then uh, once we are done coding, uh, we start writing and that's when the process goes back to those two lead researchers, one who is responsible for practice and the other one who is responsible for research, uh, where we create an outline, then the outline gets reviewed by the experts and then we produce different types of products to disseminate this to wide audience. Great, so I can see where you have all of these different people uh, assisting in this process and you have such a wide variety of types of resources. I can see why it was so important for you all to take the time to really develop these criteria and this systematic approach. Now, Marina, you just mentioned outside experts. How do you use outside experts in this process? Well, actually, we use outside experts in um, different ways. Uh, first of all, it's important to mention that to be aligned with our mission, we have experts who represent the practice and also experts who represent research. Uh, both of those uh, experts review our outline. This is a first step for us to make sure that everything we've gone through, we didn't miss anything glare glaring, uh, that we cover the breadth of the topic, we identify the right issues with the topic. Then after that review, we incorporate the feedback uh, and we create different products. At the stage of shorter products and longer products, we make sure to engage the experts again so that they see the whole result of what we've developed uh, and again, provide useful feedback. That's right, that's right. Because we wanna make sure that these syntheses are really representative of, of the knowledge, the good knowledge in the field, um, we emphasized from our point of view this systematic process for identifying pieces to include and, and system for evaluating what information each one gave to us. Um, but we also recognize that there are experts who've been working substantively in homicide co-victimization, you know, even starting as a co-victim themselves and spent 30, 40 years in the field. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that all of the information we were systematically synthesizing um, was reflective of their state of knowledge um, as well. So I say that we wanted to make sure we didn't miss anything and also that we didn't misinterpret anything um, from what we were systematically synthesizing. That's a really thoughtful process. 
Have you encountered any challenges as you've tried to put this together? I mean, I, this doesn't sound like the way people normally go about this process. So I'm just wondering what kind of challenges came up. I can probably list a few. So because I oversee the practice evidence, one of the challenges is that um, national organizations or local organizations that produce content on their websites, their goal and the purpose for disseminating that information is not necessarily to inform us how they went about collecting that information or who was involved in creating that content. So one of the challenges for us is to understand what are the implicit and explicit statements uh, that uh, the national organizations make or practice organizations make and then collect what is important and then analyze it and identify challenges and strengths of uh, of those documents. So that's one of the challenges. And then another one for practice organizations is that they don't necessarily uh, record everything in a consistent way, right? Uh, Maybe last year they had a good program and that that was well-funded and they produced a report. Next year the program is in operation, but it's not reflected on the website. So we We just really had to go and live on those websites for a long time together as much as we can and then see some some information that becomes a trend across different sources. Jennifer, did you encounter any challenges with the research evidence or applying the contextual piece? I think on the research side of things, um, there's obviously a lot of emphasis in the field on the the rigor of the research design for different studies um, with, you know, randomized scientific experiment being considered the gold standard for good reason. We recognize that there's a lot of challenges when it comes to trying to to implement those rigorous standards in, in trying to determine what victims' needs are and what types of services are most effective in serving crime victims of different types. Um, There have been large studies out there. There have been a few randomized experiments, but there's also been a lot of good quantitative and qualitative work um, that has assessed the, you know, large-scale surveys assessing the prevalence of victimization experiences, also statewide surveys um, analyzing, you know, the needs of of underserved populations. Um, And so uh, we wanted to, to make sure that we considered all different types of research evidence, as well as the qualitative studies that give that rich, detailed context um, to victims' experiences, actual experiences. I think the the system that we developed for assessing um, and pulling out useful information from research studies of all different types um, has really been helpful. That sounds great. So you've already conducted, or you're wrapping up one synthesis, and that was on uh, co-victims of homicide. What What types of reactions have you had so far? We've had really great feedback so far, although it's pretty early at an early stage on when we are releasing our products. I've been pleasantly surprised with people's reaction in the field. So uh, first, as we talked about uh, expert reviews, uh, we received really good feedback uh, on our outline showing the depth and the context, which was very much appreciated actually both by practitioners and researchers. And then also we already had our first webinar, which is available on our uh, website, uh, victimresearch.org. And uh, lots of people attended, over 200 people attended. 
uh, a lot of people engaged with us at the end. We received uh, comments, questions. We already in touch with people through email about potential really specialized subtopics uh, on the issue. So this gives us reassurance that the approach might have been challenging or labor intensive, uh, but uh, in the end it's rewarding and it's something that resonates with people in the field. And it's really helping our team develop our own you know, specialized expertise in different areas um, that ultimately we hope will all help uh, strengthen the Center for Victim Research and our ability to provide technical assistance to, to service providers with different needs. So I'd like to close with this type of question with all of our guests. Looking down the road five, 10 years, where do you see either this type of work going or the kind of impact that this kind of work could have? Hopefully, uh, you know, 10 years down the line, we've we've synthesized, um, you know, where the field is on a number of different victimization topics, um, and we become the resource that new service providers can turn to when they're trying to learn about, you know, what risk factors and what needs are the victims that I'm seeing experiencing, um, and then what, what type of services are um, helpful to helping victims recover from their experiences and become empowered uh, moving forward. Ultimately, I, this is building these syntheses is about strengthening the evidence base for victim services and helping us identify where there are gaps in knowledge that need to be filled. Um, so what policy changes need to happen? What additional research studies do we need to do? Um, and, and where does the service provision field need to expand in terms of serving victims of different needs from different areas. I think to, to, to add to that, my hope for the future is that more organizations uh, like us with the method that we've created maybe model this approach. Uh, I understand that it can be resource intensive and time consuming, uh, but in the end we know that uh, some things, some studies that use traditional uh, approach do not always resonate with the field or with practitioners. So we think that looking at practice evidence, combing through the national organizations, local service providers is something that other organizations consider and work with people in the field uh, to, to, to incorporate into their um, research approach and just call it research period. As an example, um, we think about things like cognitive behavioral therapy and the value that that has for victims um, and just the importance of of delivering services that are trauma-informed. And um, both of those examples are things that we didn't know 40 or 50 years ago. Um, And part of the the process of of identifying what works and what's helpful to victims comes about through these syntheses. Service providers are noticing certain things that they're doing with victims individually that they're finding helpful. Researchers bring in that larger picture perspective by studying those practices that service providers are engaging in. Um, And then people like the Center for Victim Research come to the table and try and synthesize all of that knowledge that um, is coming from both the practice side and research side um, to try and help move the field forward in terms of recognizing what we know and what we still need to learn. Wow. This has been so informative and so exciting just to, to think about finally a new way of really thinking about what is the evidence and how do we build the base. Thank you both, Jennifer and Marina, for being with us today. 
Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here. (laughs) Yes. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tell Us About It. If there are research or practice experts you'd like us to interview or tools you'd like us to feature on this podcast, email us at podcasts at victimresearch.org. Tell Us About It is a production of the Center for Victim Research, funded by the Office for Victims of Crimes Vision 21 Initiative through Cooperative Agreement Number 2016-XV-GX-K006. The Office for Victims of Crime is part of the U.S. Department of Justice's Office of Justice Programs. However, the points of view and opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the host and expert contributors and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of the U.S. Department of Justice.